0: Hi everyone, it's Guillaume from Startup Camp. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. During the show, you will have the opportunity to meet the best climate tech founders, investors, and experts from both Silicon Valley and around the globe. They will share with you their stories and personal journeys into this growing and exciting industry, giving you some insight into the ecosystems that help you to take part in the fight against climate change and benefit from the opportunities it can represent podcast is divided in two small interviews. So in the first part, you will get to know our speakers, their perspectives on the climate crisis and how climate tech is changing the game. Second part of the discussion will be for members of our community who will learn the speakers' secret sauce on how to and share with you their unique expertise on topics such as fundraising, management, strategy and so on to help you to become a better leader in your field. So before we start, I would like to quickly share what we are doing at Startup Basecamp to support climate tech founders in accessing resources and gaining visibility with investors they seek. Our initiatives include a membership-based community platform offering access to a dedicated SLIDE group with a growing number of founders, experts and investors from around the world and a series of exclusive content such as interviews, weekly job listings, events and our quarterly online pitch of night opportunity. But more than a place where you can learn, exchange and grow, we are building a matchmaking service to facilitate connections between our members and top investors and experts in the field. And soon, alongside with other top investors, we will be launching a small fund to co-invest In the growth and acceleration of our members. Finally, all of this is possible because of your support and donations. We are a small self-funded team and we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. So please share one episode with a friend and subscribe to the channels. As an added bonus, we will plant a tree for each of our subscribers each time we reach 1000 new fans or donors. Do not hesitate to connect with me via social media or email Guillaume at Startup Basecamp. Thanks a lot for listening, I hope to get in touch with you soon. And now, let's go for the show! Hi everyone, in this episode, we will speak with Mike Winterfield, founder and Managing Partners at Active Impact Investments. Founded in 2018, Active Impact Investments is a certified B Corp based in Vancouver, Canada whose mission is to support environmental sustainability through profitable investment. With DEFEN2, they focus on providing funds and talent access to accelerate the growth of early-stage climate tech companies in North America that are capable of achieving venture scale while solving the most urgent environmental issues. I was excited to have Mike on the show to learn more about his adventurous story and passion for getting lost in nature, building high-performing teams, and creating impact at scale through investments and support of early-stage climate startups. During his journey, Mike has worn many different hats, firstly as a successful executive in a large professional recruitment company, then as a COO in a fast-growing SaaS company, and now as a founder of a successful fund and board member in various fast growing startups during the show mike will give a greater detail into active impact investment early days their investment thesis and how they enable founders to make impact in their growth journey then we will cover the why behind their pickup certification versus traditional fund model and how the lps sees it Mike will also share his very interesting views on the climate tech ecosystem today and how you can join the movement. Finally, he will highlight underdog areas in climate tech in which he sees exciting potential for investments and growth. In the second part of the show, Mike will share his secret source that you can use to increase your odds of fundraising successfully as well as some interesting tips on how to build high-performing teams. Lastly, You will hear these valuable tips for founders and investors on achieving work-life balance in this fast-paced world. Mike, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the Tech for Climate podcast. We are super happy and excited to have you here with us uh, today for this new episode of our Investor Series.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) So before we start, could you please give us a 30-second introduction about uh, active impact investments?
1: Sure. Yeah, so uh, we're a venture capital fund that uh, has has two different funds in operation right now. And uh, our second fund is uh, exclusively investing in climate tech solutions. Uh, We're based here in uh, North Vancouver, B.C., and uh, we deploy capital uh, primarily across Canada and the United States, uh, at the seed stage and the Series A stage of uh, of investing, so early early stage in companies' journeys.
0: The exciting exciting stage, I would say. So let's start from the from the top. Can you tell us a bit more about uh, your personal uh, story and and background? I mean, what are you passionate about? What do you do? What do you do besides work and being a, a successful uh, investor? Some people will say, like, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? I mean, who is Mike? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, so I think what makes me feel inspired in my best south self is uh, adventure and nature. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a in a small town um, in uh, in Ontario, and always loved being you know up at cottages and out in water and going for hikes and exploring and and uh, getting lost and having a having to uh, call, call my dad or my mom and uh, get them to, to, to drag me back home because I'd, I'd gone. Uh, to, I, it, it was more fun going somewhere and seeing how far you could go than uh, needing to get back home. <laughs> so uh, a few of my friends would have got roped into those types of adventures. And, and that really kind of continued for me in life. I actually ended up moving out to Vancouver um, in my early 20s Mostly just because I came out here one time on a vacation, and I was just—it was just jaw-dropping the amount of beauty. Uh, I came out for ski vacation, and you know, seeing the mountains and seeing the ocean, and and uh, and and living in this city, you you're, you could almost sort of believe that you know you're on vacation at all times because these were these were the landscapes I used to visit when I was when I was going on vacation, uh, living near Toronto. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's my happy place is uh, is doing something that's sort of travel or adventure or learning or tasting something new or trying something new and and uh, and and being in, it in 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 nature.
0: Exciting, and that's uh, when I when I hear a description of Vancouver, it reminds me so much of uh, San Francisco and the, and the old Bay Area. You know, this uh, mix between ocean. Nature oh, that's uh, ah that's blue like it's uh, it's boiling in my, my blood I love that so tell us <laughs> a bit more about uh, your uh, your different work and in, in a way life experiences I mean you you but more on the work side this time uh, that led you to, to the launch of uh, active impact investment I mean what did you learn that uh, in a way you would have not uh, if you had a different journey mm
1: mm-hmm. yeah I, I certainly didn't sort of Choose venture capital. I feel like venture capital kind of t- chose me, or I, or I accidentally backed into it. Um, a lot of people I meet in this industry come from um, you know investment banking backgrounds, or you know different uh, you know particular stru- structured finance uh, education or, or work experience. For me, it was it was uh, it was operations, and, and in operations, it was actually mostly mostly sales and sales leadership. Um, I started my career in in professional recruitment. And I didn't realize until much later what a what a wonderful gift that experience ended up being. Because uh, you know, I sort of worked my way up from like a, a peon, basically, uh, you know, a very, a very, very small, uh, you know, uh, insignificant contributor at the beginning, as a, as a sort of a summer intern. And uh, I think it was about 14 years later, I ended up becoming the president of the company through a bunch of different successive roles. Uh, but really, what I was learning over those years were, were a few things. It was, you know, it was a whole bunch of sales experience. And then, if you do well at sales, you get promoted, and you become a, you know, a sales leader, a sales manager, and then a, you know, a vice president, a president, and so on. Um, and so, in that organization, I actually ended up having an opportunity to to manage about 300 people in in a fairly large sales team. And um, and so. You know, later in my life, I kind of look back at those couple of things and say, you know, I had a, an opportunity to manage a couple hundred people, you know, in venture capital. As you're working with small startups, it's, it's really helpful to be able to, 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 you know, talk to people and guide them through that experience as they scale. Um, and then, second, that, I had an opportunity to hire thousands of people. You know, we, we were, we were uh, commissioned, we were the largest um, professional recruitment company in Canada. We were commissioned by, you know, small and, and Fortune 500 companies um, to help them identify talent. And, uh, and, and again, I think a lot about my role today and what people ask me my job is today. And, and I think, you know, the ability to identify talent is, is just such a huge piece of it. Uh, both when you're doing an investment, you're deciding which founders you should, you should bet on, um, but then, even after you've made an investment and you're trying to offer post-investment support, uh, it's it's in helping those founders to, to to then be able to scale their teams. So, so those were those were two things that I took from the professional recruitment space that were that were really valuable and continue to be valuable for for me is helping with sales and sales management and and uh, and, and talent screening. Um, and then after I worked there, I went over and I had the opportunity to work in a, um, sort of a software services company that, that actually became software services and uh, subscription software uh, products called Traction On Demand. So I joined them as COO. And again, what a gift having the opportunity to work there. It's um you know, for those that don't know the geography here, they're they're just a uh, a great up and coming um, small you know software shop in you know really sexy industry. Uh, you know, uh, partnered with Salesforce.com, so really sort of riding that rocket ship of growth over the course of the last decade. Um, so I joined them as employee number sixty and and left when they were at uh, three hundred employees. So. You know, it was uh, that was a three-year time frame with just you know amazing lessons packed in there of what's going on in a company during that stage of, of scale, and um, and got to learn a whole new industry. And 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 while I was there, you know, uh, helped to do a couple of uh, M and transactions, and we did our geographic expansion across Canada and the U.S. and and we also launched some some products, which was essentially the commercialization of uh, services, projects that had been done and turning those into products. And so I actually went over and became president of one of those companies that we launched, um, a company called traction rack. And so got to be part of that company from employee number one up to, you know, over 20 employees and, and having, uh, you know, having the first few million dollars worth of, of, uh, customer revenue coming in from, from product sales. Um, and then after traction was was active impact. And so, uh, you know, there were sort of four industries uh, mixed in there, a bunch of different roles and experiences and um, and active impact was really just me trying to figure out how I could scale this opportunity of giving, you know, small businesses what they need, right? And small businesses need resources. They need money and they need, and so how do you, how do you kind of package those two together in a, in a thoughtful way? And what I came to learn was that venture capital is really you know, one of the leading structures that has been set up to do that. And so I just, in a hurry, went out there and tried to learn what venture capital was all about and the people who were doing a good job with it, how, how were they doing it and, and, and what should we go out there and, and build for, for the market need?
0: Any, uh, any any um, maybe resource or, or people that uh, you would recommend on that sense that you uh, learn, uh, you know, about how to become a venture capitalist?
1: Oh, man. Um,
0: oh, it's a couple mean, just like that. I was not supposed to uh, ask you that, no, but, uh, you know, it was you know, a good segue. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, I, like, the short answer I would tell you is, I mean, I asked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, uh, you know, I probably went out on a thousand different, you uh, Coffee dates and uh, you know Zoom calls and phone calls and and I just you know actually found a lot of people so gracious and generous with with their time uh, to to talk to someone who you know I know how busy they are and and they were willing to do that but um, yeah one that comes to mind is in in town here in Vancouver there's a there's another fund uh, that really paved the way in impact investing in in Canada in a lot of ways called Renewal Funds and uh, I, I got to know. Uh, Joel Solomon there. And, and uh, you know, he was before I had even gotten into venture capital, even while I was back at Traction, I was just really, you know, enamored with the work that Joel and his team were doing. And uh, Joel just, you know, proved to be a guy who who continued to be very generous with sort of his, his thoughts and advice uh, as I was trying to, you know, f- figure out how this whole ecosystem worked.
0: So in, in this whole experience that uh, you mentioned, this whole journey, professional journey, um, what was your driver in a way to jump into the uh, climate and impact, uh, you know, industry? Uh, I mean, any specific hard moments that you, you can mm-hmm. recall or, or would define as such?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it was it was a series of different things. And so I'll just, you know, I'll share one story that, that sort of sticks out for me, but, you know, I, I can't call it the aha moment. Um, you know, my wife and I had always loved traveling. So we, we've done a lot of travel. Um, obviously, I understand the irony of saying that now with the, the GHG emissions that are, that are produced through travel. So, so now it's um, a bit of a guilty pleasure, I would say. Um, but uh, yeah, I traveled to, you know, over 50 countries around the world. And when we uh, when we first had our uh, our son, um, I suppose a you're already starting to think a little bit more about you know the future and the world that you hope that your kids grow up in. Um, but on one particular trip, we went to visit some some family that was uh, living in Beijing at the time, and it was the first time that I uh, traveled to a city. And this is this is uh, nine years ago now. It was the first time I had traveled to a city where people were warning me about uh, the air quality when we when we landed, and uh, they said, you know, after a couple of days, your throat will start to hurt, and you know, indeed, it did. And um, and it was one of the first times I can remember. Um, you know, we we live now with the, the forest fires a little more frequently, unfortunately, around here, and so we'll we'll get the skies that are you know muted out from the from the smoke, but. Um, i hadn't seen that at that time in my life so landing in beijing looking up and trying to see the sun it, it was it was actually quite hard to see because of uh, because of this this uh, pollution in the air our throats did hurt the apartment we were staying in uh, had to get clean on a daily basis because if you if you wiped your finger along any surface it had accumulated so much of this um, this soot um, and and i remember specifically even with with the throat thing thinking about my newborn son who was with us on that trip and thinking is this is this okay like i know we're only here for a few days or a week but is this is this safe like are we causing any sort of damage and then i thought about all the people that were living there the, you know the millions and millions of people that were living there and experiencing that daily and getting warned to maybe not go outside and and not be in the in nature and the outdoors and not to be exercising and uh so that was just, that was one of those moments that I thought um, about landing back in Vancouver and taking that deep breath of fresh air when you get out of the out of the airport and smell kind of that, that mountain air and that ocean air. And, uh, you know, there's people out there warning what the world could look like in the future if we're not careful, if we don't change certain, you know, behaviors. And what dawned on me is that This isn't a warning for the future i mean this is a warning for right now i mean we're already across that tipping point in certain cities around the world and it's just not what i want for vancouver it's not what i want for any city around the world and so yeah that that was one that helped to kind of crystallize my mission a little bit more and say i just i just need to find a way to be a part of the solution
0: thanks for sharing uh, um, on my side i remember this uh, this time uh, 2020 in, in san francisco like when the, the for one full day the sky became completely orange and uh really like this feeling of like uh, apocalypse day uh that was also like uh, one of the <laughs> air quality mm-hmm. crystal time like okay we're gonna we're gonna move uh move on the, on that direction and, and try to change something so let's take a, a zoom back now and zoom out uh about the the uh, climate tech ecosystem uh, today. Can you give us maybe give us your uh, overview? I mean, where are we at today uh, in terms of maturity of the ecosystem? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have been active since 2018 uh, with uh, uh, Active Impact uh, Investment. Um, and what needs to happen in a way to have this climate tech ecosystem being mature enough to be able to fully deploy uh, and accelerate those new, upcoming, or even existing technology uh, at scale? to Uh, support the 2050 net zero goal that uh, in a way we all have uh, in mind Uh, so uh, maybe if you have like you know some overview around at the global level at the canadian north american level i mean tell us a bit more
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you know i i'm actually pretty optimistic i think i think we're there i think we we've sort of arrived in terms of the right level of Sophistication or structure or um, you know innovation solutions, um, uh, yeah, I, I think we're there. I think I think now it's just you know more uh, fuel, you know more volume uh, needs to come through. So, so why do I say that? I, I think you know for me uh, it sounds crazy to say, but 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 as you mentioned, even just four or five years ago. Uh, when I was really looking for a way to contribute, um, I had to kind of start from ground zero a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong, there were lots of people you know already working on this problem, but it was um, it was really not as topical but not even close to as topical as it is today, right? And so mm-hmm. it took a lot of explaining um, and even for me in my journey when I you know when I made that decision to say, okay, I, I, I want to contribute, so how can I contribute? So you look around and you say, okay, well, this is a, a giant societal problem. Whose responsibility is it to fix it? And I think, you know, the challenge, if you go back 10 years ago, 20 years ago, what have you, is the first place people would look would be to say, government or not-for-profit, right? This, this, this should be dealt with by Uh, You know, the people whose job it is to to sort of, you know, uh, govern govern our nations uh, or this should be dealt with by some do gooders who are going to collect some charity money and who have a specific cause to, you know, save the whales or clean the air or, you know, whatever it might be. And that allowed a whole bunch of people to sort of live in their, you know, live in their bubble, and uh, you know, put put their head down and say, okay, I I can just go about my day to day way I see fit because someone is out there working on the problem. So the first tipping point I think is where people say, uh oh, that's not going to be enough. Um, and, and so that started to happen. And so there's a lot more awareness, a lot more sort of activists and, you know, a lot more science coming to the, to the, to the forefront. Um, and then the second tipping point I think was when people realized that there were some uh, market solutions out there. So, you know, if you're an investor, you know, could you put money into this category and make money? Uh, so that you didn't have to sacrifice returns and you could invest in the things you cared about and those proof points started to come out right so people were, were doubtful of it at first but but it started to happen oh there's some people making money in this category so so that allows the inflow of, of more money And then it was uh, it was sort of a skepticism of of the the people that were running these companies right At first I would say some of the companies were run by, some of these not-for-profits that had decided to change model to for-profit, but they weren't sometimes maybe the best business models, right? And so there was this sort of concessionary, you know, return or this like, yeah, you know, we should help this person out because they're trying to do a good thing for society, but it wasn't necessarily a good business model. And so I think that changed when people started to see the quality of talent that started to move into solving these uh, problems. So you know, this sounds very simple to say. But I was you know, I was at a conference about four years ago, and and just really liked the simple way that uh, that somebody put this. He just sort of did a, a grid, a four by four grid, and said like, you know, do we all agree that there are bad companies and there are good companies in terms of sort of like an economic return uh, expectation? And you know, everybody's sure, yeah, we can all agree with that. And do we all agree that there are companies out there that you know do bad for the planet, and ones that you know do good for the planet? Sure, yeah, we can we can all agree on that. Um, well, there's an overlap of those, right? And so if we focus all of our time and energy on companies that can have a positive change uh, on the on the planet, on environmental sustainability, on on, on solving climate change, and there are companies with 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 good. You know economic models good sustainable financial models um then, then then that's a great category to focus on and so i think that's what the market has proven out and and so you know step one was moving away from that reliance i think step two was proving that if if, if you're a talented person that there were great viable jobs in this space if you're an investor there are great investments in this space and then that flywheel starts spinning, and and it starts producing volume. And so what's happening now is is you know what what we sort of believe to be that that third uh, you know change or tipping point is. I think it's actually moving beyond the fact that putting money, putting time, putting energy, putting talent into climate change solutions isn't just you know. Uh, I, a place that you don't have to, um, sacrifice returns. I I think it's actually moved into being a place where, uh, you should, you should experience, uh, increased returns over the course of the next decade because it's such a big problem. There's such a big opportunity. So I, I, you know, I hate to sound opportunistic when I say that, uh, because, You know, for me, getting into this, it was it was entirely driven by um, the problem that I wanted to solve, and the economics were really just you know, hey, I I need to make a living. You know, like not not apologetic about that. Um, But it, it it was it was in that order. It was we've got to solve the problem, and I'd like to make a living doing it. It wasn't. I'd like to make as much money as possible. And gee, it'd be nice if I, you know, if I did some stuff to, 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 to work on, uh, climate change. So yeah, All, all, all that to say is, you know, I, I think those boxes have been ticked and I think people more and more people have sort of woken up to the need and they've woken up to the opportunity. And with that, we just, we need the volume to continue.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was seeing recently, like, uh, a report s- speaking about, like, we need to invest, like, 5 trillion uh, USD per year uh, up to 2030, and uh, even beyond that to 2050 in terms of, like, reaching and probably going a little bit above 1.5 degrees Celsius. So, uh, the uh, the investment uh, required is, like, is, is tremendous, and, and we need, like, uh, the private sectors, we need the public sectors, we need the, the non-profit everyone on board to really like, decarbonize this, uh, this economy so uh, in a way it's also a beautiful uh, and exciting opportunity uh, and a challenge that uh, with a deadline at the end so uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll all make to it so uh, let's go a little bit uh, into the, the specifics of uh, active impact investment. Can you let us know more, a bit more about it? I mean, you covered a bit the, the, the story uh, earlier in the interview. Uh, what is your uh, thesis uh, behind it? Um, I saw that you guys are focusing on four uh, different areas with the, the fund tools So uh, clean energy and transportation, smart infrastructure, sustainable food and water, uh, circular and, and sharing economy. Uh, explain us a bit more like the, the, the thesis behind that and what are the, the ticket size and in a way also what do you offer to, to founders uh, in your portfolio and why should they come and join a active impact investment
1: yeah, yeah so on, on, on the thesis to start with I mean we went from fund one which was a, a sort of a general impact thesis and so for people who know us now as climate if they look at our portfolio on our website they might see some companies in the portfolio of Fund 1 that don't make sense to them. And, um, and that's just because we had a, a, a broader impact thesis with Fund 1. Um, the, the reason we had a broader impact thesis with Fund 1 is just we didn't know as a, as a new VC whether we were going to be able to get enough investment opportunities, enough deal flow. Um, so about halfway through Fund 1, we re- realized that, that that was not an issue. We were seeing a, a high number of high-quality companies it allowed us to sort of tighten a thesis to what we were really passionate about, which was climate change. And so, moving into fund two, when you look at those four categories, um, I don't, to be honest with you, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything, uh, you know, uh, any sort of epiphany around those four categories, they, they just happen to be four areas that cause massive ghg emissions in the world and that's what we're trying to solve and so again we started from the problem and worked our way down so those are four big problem categories number one Um, number two i would say you know in the you know in the world of innovation i would also say that those are those are sort of like there's a convergence of mega trends that are happening there so that you know you, you get this like really cool Um, you know, a bunch of activity happening in those areas. Um, But how we serve those areas is is actually a little bit different than some funds. So I would say we are much more B2B than B2C. So, uh, you know, yeah, every fund has to try to pick what they're, you know, what they're good at or better at. Uh, And we tend to be more software and services. And so why? the honest answer on why is I came from B2B in my 20 years of operations experience. And so I'm much more confident uh, speaking to a founder and assessing their business and deciding whether it's a good investment or not. So it helps with the screening. Uh, and then on the post-investment support, you know, we tend to be a fund that really rolls up our sleeves and helps a lot after investment. And so those are companies that I feel comfortable you know, being intimately involved with the the management team and sitting on the board and and um, and, and helping out. And I suppose the second reason is, um, as much as we're venture capitalists, I would say that uh, we are a little bit risk averse, and so we we tend to avoid sort of the um, the the very like binary type of uh, of wins, like you know, the hero or zero ones, the um, the very capital intensive. Like I would say that. I have a big appreciation for sort of that lean startup model where you know you can just test and iterate and test and iterate and you can see what's working. And so typically, companies that come to us, they they already have um, some verifiable traction in the market. You know, there's already some pull. There's always uh, you know a way that we can validate with their customer base that they solve a big problem for them. That there's a that there is a good return on investment in 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 buying their their you know their their, their Product or or, or service, um, and so really, what we're trying to do is is um, you know add fuel. We're we're trying to we're trying to find companies that we think are already winners, have uh, really you know winning teams, have 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 a great founder in place, um, have a solution for a giant problem in the market, so that there's lots of room to grow. Um, and already have early traction that's demonstrating that they've got something that the market wants and needs and is willing to pay for. And then that changes the challenge that we are trying to solve when we're investing. Now the challenge we're trying to solve is help them not fall apart at the seams as they as they grow and scale really quickly, hopefully, uh, versus kind of the... I have a lot of admiration for VCS that that are able to do these moonshots uh it's, it's not it's that's just not our category so the 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 visionaries out there who you know invest in a in an idea on the back of a of, of a cocktail napkin and uh, and say yeah I think this is a, a new market that's gonna get you know invented and created and uh, if, if we build it they will come uh, so to be clear that's 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 not us right now anyways maybe we'll build that competency in the future
0: yeah but also keep in mind that this kind of uh, investment are also like a, a lot of storytelling and uh, <laughs> all the one that didn't go through that uh, no one is like bragging about it but anyway so mm-hmm. i saw that uh, you also uh, chose for active impact investment to be a, a certified b corp uh why mm-hmm. that uh, that model and how does your, you know, how do your LPs uh, see it? Like, is that something that, uh, you know, turn them off, excite them? What are the, the implications around that? And why did you choose that?
1: Yeah, actually my B Corp journey goes back, I think eight years ago and it was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was during a transition in my career where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I was lucky enough to to meet up with somebody who was running a management consulting firm and, um, and the, the structure of that management consulting firm. And I had always loved you know, building businesses and solving business problems. And so I was, I was attracted to management consulting, but you know, he, he was really um, at the forefront of, of this sort of like stakeholder engagement and, and where should profit kind of fit amongst the, the group of motives. And introduced me to the B Corp movement, and introduced me to conscious capitalism movement coming out of California, and that was another one of those aha moments, right, uh, f- for me, where um, look, I, I like I had a I had a great job, uh, was paid well, was was good at what I did, liked what I did, but uh, wasn't happy uh wasn't fully fulfilled uh, it, because it, I just wasn't working on a problem that I, that I cared that much about, right? So, so I think a number of people I talk to, they end up at one of those sort of those crossroads. So I think B Corp is one of the platforms to help people at that crossroad. And it's, it's, it's one of the, the groups that has, you know, really smart group of people and has really helped in a bunch of these categories of encouraging investment in this space and encouraging sort of like, you know, advocacy and, and sort of government you know solutions in this space and encouraging just businesses to, to change their, their, their DNA and the, the way that they measure themselves. So getting specific, uh, I got introduced to B Corp um, when I joined Traction, uh, which would have been seven or eight years ago um the 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 founder greg actually uh after i introduced him to b corp he he agreed for traction to become a b corp uh upon my joining and so that was sort of my first opportunity to see b corp uh baked into an organization and see the good that it could have and and uh and and then once i founded active impact um i wanted that to be part of our founding story and to to you know, signal to the market that this was a group that we wanted to support and to signal to the market that, uh, we stood behind the things that we were saying and doing, you know, that, uh, that, that these were, you know, these were really kind of baked into our systems, policies, procedures, legal framework, etc. Um, so how do investors think about it? I don't, I don't think many know about it. I don't think, they, I don't know if they care. Um, uh, I think a, a couple do. Uh, I don't think any are turned off by it. Um, uh, but, but, you know, to be honest, I didn't do it for investors. I did it for, I did it for us. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, B Lab is a is a, is a not for profit, and it's it's you know it's 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 a movement that I wanted to be a part of, of supporting, and uh, so having our company member. Was a part of showing that showing that support.
0: Thank you for sharing. So let, let's go back to the the, the investment uh, landscape for a little bit, um, and this is always like the, the the question I would like to ask to uh, I really get like this overview of like. According to you, like what are the, the, the sectors are most promising uh, for you today in terms of what I call the impact uh, cash return or ICR, uh, meaning like building impactful companies while creating highly profitable business. Do you see any underdogs, uh, subsectors, areas uh, in the, the, the climate industry in itself that uh, investors should look at or that you're looking at right now? <laughs>
1: oh man you know give you know, us the learn. the good nuggets <laughs> well i know it's not even that i mean if i had it i would probably give it to you i just i would say we learn like we learn every day we learn every week um and, you know, it's one of the things that I challenge our, our team uh, to do is, is the moment you think you've arrived and you think you know and you think you have, you know, the right thesis, then, you know, go back again tomorrow and rethink it and watch what's happening and changing. You know, the, 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 just the pace of innovation and change is so high that I just think it's, you know, and, and the problem is so huge. Um, uh, you know, I, I think if you're picking the right founders focused on this market in general, I think there will actually be, I think there will be a lot of winners. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, what are, what are we backing? I think, you know, we're, we're backing ones that we'd learn about, um, that, that might you know that they, they would have fit our thesis uh, generally and, and you know we, we have some opinions of, of the future and what the future is going to look like but um, yeah it uh, I, don't, I don't know I'm doing a terrible job of answering this question uh, <laughs>
0: So, but everything is gold for you, uh, my. That's uh, that's great. No, it's just like maybe you know, it's like, there's just uh, hot sectors like you know, carbon captures, or uh, I, I don't know, like hydrogen, green hydrogen versus like the, the brown one. Uh, there's like yeah. different like you know, hot topics where uh, people get excited about, and maybe you see like uh, you know. Yeah, sorry, we're I, I guess talk- I didn't. Even-
1: I didn't give a lot of, of real examples, but you know, if you, if you crawl across our portfolio, you know, yeah, hot sectors. I mean, we've, we've invested in, in like, you know, EV charging infrastructure is obviously, you know, we, we see the pace of, of EV adoption and believe that, that uh, you know, the, you know, the world will move very quickly to, you know, predominantly EVs, um, you know, we've invested in, you um, Circular economy solutions. We've invested in um, sort, sort of like uh, ESG, you know, climate uh, software for 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 measurement for organizations because I think you know that's become you know very you know very big uh, theme. We've invested in you know uh, accelerating the adoption of community solar. So so you know just looking at um, you know ways to to uh, transition. Uh, from fossil fuels and 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 uh, make it easier for for uh, solar developers to do that. Um, we've invested in the last mile solar um, with uh, you know with portable portable batteries. Um, we've invested in in uh, uh, building um, you know building retrofit uh, software and so how to scan huge portfolios for. Uh, real estate asset owners to figure out you know which projects they could do to to uh, decarbonize, um, yeah. So it's it's it's, it's I, I guess that's why I'm I'm my answer I gave you before was maybe a bit of a non-answer and in, in saying you know this is a big category I think there'll be a lot of winners. I I think what we would say that we're trying to do is. To try to have a really nice diversification of solutions versus having a high concentration. You know, our our concentration is in is in climate tech. Our our concentration is predominantly around software and B two B solutions. Uh, mm. But then, but then trying to have diversification by uh, by hitting a lot of different you know c- coming at the problem from a lot of different angles.
0: Okay, so. Two last questions before we we close on this uh, this part of the interview. Uh, one super important. It's um, it's about impact. I mean, and especially uh, active impact investments uh, who are all in there. Uh, so, how do you measure impact? Do you have any like specific like you know, process framework? Uh, do you rely on, on scientists and experts to validate the the tech and and the impact uh, that those companies are. Um, or startups will, are promising? I mean, is there any criteria in terms of uh, CO2 uh, or maybe social impact? Uh, because, you know, there's also this uh, greenwashing. Everybody's like to, mm-hmm. to put a, a climate and a tech uh, together and say that uh, we're going to do a lot, but uh, what is the what is the format for you guys?
1: Yeah, so, so look, I mean, I think it's important that we contribute to some of the most established frameworks out there. And so, you know, we, we, it's important for us to just kind of keep up to date on what's going there, what, what we, the SDGs have been widely accepted. And so how, how does the work that we do tie into the SDGs? Um, B Corp has a, has a, has a, an assessment and a measurement from measurement framework. And so, you know, how do our portfolio companies uh, compare to that? Um, you, you, you know, you have uh, several other sort of well adopted frameworks iris uh, iris plus and and um you know impact management project and so on um but once you get past you know how do you connect to and how do you contribute to sort of big global frameworks and solutions we try to Dumb it right down. To be honest, and within our portfolio, we, you know, and, and this is one of the nice things about venture capital and 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 direct investing in small private companies versus, you know, sort of like an ESG rated uh, mutual fund or or ETF in, in in the public equities market, is that we can get so specific with with impact. And so, um, what's at what's at the top of the food chain in terms of the problem? Well, right now. Uh, our world is putting 51 billion tons of GHG emissions into the atmosphere per year. So um, what we really care about is trying to get that 51 billion down as fast as possible. And so that's the primary thing that we're going to measure with all of our portfolio companies is GHG emission reduction. A second one that we uh, will measure and just provide a, a, like a, a ton of transparency on is uh, kilograms of waste diverted from landfill. Right and and there's you know in many cases you know a pretty direct correlation between that and GHG emissions as well, whether it be you know the manufacturing process of those or whether it be you know in the case of food you know methane that's 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 released by by food sitting uh, in 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 landfill, Um, and then internally in the fund uh, this is not what we raised money based on. Um, but it's just sort of how we want to hold ourselves accountable as a B Corp. You know, we mm-hmm. look at, um, diversity, uh, across our leadership teams of, of, uh, of, of gender, of, uh, of, of, uh, you know, racial diversity, et cetera. Um, and perhaps the last thing I would share is I would say that if you think of the stage of companies that we are investing in, um, You'll have, uh, you know, a practice like accounting that is, you know, that is very well agreed upon. Um, what the the rules should be, and many of the companies at our stage of investing are are actually not even sophisticated in terms of their accounting practices. And so you have this impact investing movement coming in and saying, well, "Why aren't your impact measures up to snuff?" And and I would just say you you to meet people where they are right like the, the, their measurement may not be as strong as it uh, can be uh, but maybe it shouldn't be at this stage you know in the, in the same way as you wouldn't hire a you know a big five accounting firm to come in and do a financial audit for for a company with a hundred thousand dollars in revenue probably mm-hmm. you know it'd be it would be overkill it would be too much expense would be it be it would be too much time invested. And so, you know, my one um, my one piece of advice for those you know who really care about the impact would be. I, I, I think there are people out there who are sometimes arguing. You know, is there um, 101 milliliters in this cup, or are there 102 milliliters in this cup? And you know, who has verified that, and which one is accurate? And we would rather look at it and say. Does 101 millimeters actually matter, or are we actually looking for something that is 10,000 liters, right? And so, if it's 10,000 liters versus you know X number of milliliters, and you got it wrong by a factor of you know five or ten percent, it 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 doesn't matter, right? You, You just you have to focus on the things that have that have big big impact, and and be you know directionally correct in terms of the measurement
0: yeah makes sense so what's your what's your personal view on the on the climate crisis i mean are we doomed uh what should, would you say to, to <laughs> did you say like- are we doomed <laughs> yeah how we do it's like literally like i mean what would you say to people who feel like demoralized oh. by you know all those terrible news and already visible consequences uh, of climate change i mean you living there you saw like the, the smog and uh you know like the drone blah blah, blah. i mean yeah. we, we know all of them especially uh cop26 know like uh you have all the medias like also flooding us so it's kind of a bit of, uh, like the demoralization uh, and yeah. uh, you know the general public feeling guilty about this uh, uh, you know carbon footprint uh, that could be uh, uh argue okay. about it so well, what's your what's your opinion i mean you see so many tech, so many solutions uh, are we in a mix that we need tech only or tech non-profit government are we gonna make it tell us give us we're some hope <laughs>
1: we're gonna make it no i i, I mentioned earlier i mean i i am an optimist for sure um and, and you mentioned kind of some of these different emotions that people are feeling, right? This uh, anxiety or they're feeling guilt or they're feeling whatever. And, and I would just say those emotions are, are kind of useless. Like I, I would ask people who are feeling that way to get involved, right? And, and now more than ever, there are very easy ways to, to enroll and list your, your, your services. Um, if you are a high performing talent in any industry um and you and you have a skill set that people need then you can move over to a company that's solving climate solutions or you can found a company that's solving climate solutions and you'll help that company to to succeed and grow um, if you have excess money and then as an investor I mean you can choose to put your money into uh, climate tech companies and support their their uh their their earlier later stage growth um so there's 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 things that can be done about it by by pretty much everybody um versus you know the you know the fist pounding and you know things need to change and uh you know it, it's 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 more important now that people are taking action um
0: mm-hmm.
1: so so yeah i am an optimist that um the next decade will be you know it will it will have mind blowing incredible uh examples of of success and and transition um however uh there 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 has been some uh well there's been there's been a lot of damage already right there's been a lot of damage that is irreversible um i I, you know don't quote me on the exact number but uh over 60 percent of biodiversity has been wiped off the planet in the last 50 years um so where i'm quoting that from is is the last uh, world wildlife report so when you hear numbers like that and when you when you realize you know the amount of ocean rise that is inevitable and and sort of you know how much human migration that's going to force and you know like i say biodiversity loss and uh amount of forest that has been cut down and and you know amount that the ocean has has risen in temperature the fact that we're already 1.1 degree above pre-industrial times in terms of temperature raise um we can't go back from that right um so so it is a shame that it got as far as it did um and so for for that i'm i'm you know i'm i'm sad uh but you know, we move on and we 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 become a part of the solution and and uh and on the solution side yes i'm extremely optimistic um yeah, uh, and 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 I think you know this next ten years is yeah it is going to be very very exciting to watch it unfold, and it'll be more exciting to watch it unfold if all of your viewers and and uh, and and everybody else takes a takes a, a strong and harder position in terms of how they can get
0: involved. So, how how can the the, the community of uh, of investors, founders, experts uh, listening to the to the show today can can help you?
1: How can they help us? Yeah. Um, you know, we, um, we've got a, a small, but growing portfolio, you know, we've got, we've got 18 companies we've invested in. And so, you know, first, you know, we, we love to see, um, anybody who's working in large companies, you know, procurement channels need to focus on, you know, buying from the right companies. So B Corp talks a lot about that. So, you know, um, any of our companies that grow as the revenues grow GHG emissions, uh, goes goes down, right. So. You know, first it's um, you know it's it's companies buying. We 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 want to see uh, we want to see revenue growth across the portfolio and and not just our portfolio. Of course, you know any any climate tech fund. We'd love to see companies adopting these solutions uh, faster. Um, and then yeah, I mean investment for sure. I mean there's there's more money as you already mentioned needs to pour into this space and. And I'm really glad you used the word um, earlier in the podcast. You used the word investment. You mentioned the number of trillions of dollars that need to flow in, and you didn't say um, this needs to get donated. You didn't say you know that this is you know a tax of some sort. You 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 mentioned this is an investment, and the exciting thing is if you look at pretty much any of the research, there there is a. Uh, a very good case to be made for the number of dollars that will go in and the amount of money that will come out. You know, it, it truly is an investment. It's a, it's, it's a good investment. a um, the magnitude then, then,
0: of uh, one to four huh? or something like that, or one to seven?
1: I'm sorry, I didn't catch that.
0: I, I say I think the 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 investment is like uh, the magnitude of the the return investment is around like one to five, or the yield is like one to seven, or something like that
1: yeah it, d- it depends on the category um project yeah. drawdown actually has some really great um breakdowns of different you know current market solutions and and um and, and what the return can be on each one
0: okay so so yeah you, you are mentioning and i cut you down for the last uh, last part of how the the community can help you if anything else that you would like to add
1: Oh yeah, just the last one would just be talent, right? We we're we're always looking for people who've had you know extremely successful careers or who have rare talents that would like to join any of our portfolio of companies.
0: Fantastic. So, any question I should have uh, asked you for this part that I did not? <laughs>
1: um, no, you're you're great. You ask uh, you ask a lot of really good questions. Um, no, nothing I can think of.
0: Okay, cool. So, thank you so much, Mike, for for your time and your uh, incredible insight on uh, on the industry. And I'm so excited to to see this. I mean, to see so many brilliant people like like you and and your team at Active Impact Investment, putting so much effort to move the the ball towards uh, a better and cleaner world. So, uh, thank you so much.
1: Oh thanks for hosting me, and thanks for everything you do. I mean, I think you know it's uh, it's platforms like like uh, you know Tech for for Climate podcast that are that are uh, so important as well, just to, you know, get this information out there. And and so, yeah, uh,
0: thanks for you do. Hi, it's Guillaume again. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. As I said, do not hesitate to share an episode with a friend. Also, if you value the work we do for the climate tech ecosystem, here is how you can contribute to it. Today, I'm asking for your support and a donation, or sponsorship to make the work of our self-funded team more viable. Even a small contribution means a lot to us. In any case, I will invite you to subscribe to our channels and visit our website startupdiscamp.org to discover more episodes like this one, and get your membership to access all our members' exclusive content. So remember, all of this is possible because of your support and donation, And we want you to be part of this collective movement against climate change. Let's keep in touch and I hope you will enjoy our next show with us.